You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. We are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. Susie Hunt. And we have a guest joining us today. Bizarro Dawn! (laughs) 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 Oh no, you drank the global milk. I drank the global milk. And now I am Dawn Sizzler. Dawn (laughs) DeRazio's not crazy sister. No, no, it's just me. It's Josh. Also Don. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Josh is joining us while we continue our Werewolf Month with episode 134, An American Werewolf in London. It's an hour and 37 minutes. Uh, It came out in 1981, directed by John Landis, who we would know from Animal House, The Blues Brothers, Trading Places, uh, Three Amigos, bunch of great 80s comedies. Um, He also did a very bizarre vampire movie in the early 90s called Innocent Blood, where if you haven't seen it, it basically is like 40 minutes of a woman walking around naked in her apartment. Um, Very strange film. Hmm. But then uh, Masters of Horror, he did A Dear Woman and Family. Family is one of the best Masters of Horror. So, let's go around the table. Oh, He also directed Michael Jackson's Thriller. He did. Yes. Um, let's go around the table, see what everyone thinks about this film. Josh, as you are our guest, it is customary we start with you. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think a lot of things. I think about Skittles and why they <laughs> haven't replaced the green apple with lime again. But uh, when it comes Seriously. to this movie, uh, <laughs> no, I, I absolutely I adore this movie. Um, I probably saw it way younger than I should have, uh, considering the subject matter and the movie in general yeah but uh, and the content but i i love this movie so much that the like the first year that i was allowed to do something gory and scary for halloween mm-hmm. can can you guess what i did were you jack <laughs> i was i was like fresh kill jack i was jack when he first shows up <laughs> meatloaf <Nice>. jack um <laughs> But I went the extra step, and uh, I went I went to a school called Lewiston Porter, and there was a, an old Lewport Lancers jacket that I also shredded up as if a wolf had attacked me, with the <laughs> with with the same tear pattern that uh, that Jack had in his in his green puffy coat. <laughs> and the Lewport colors are green and white. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So no, I. Uh, there were there were some people that were at at when I went to school like that that were very unhappy that I had torn up a Lewport Lancers jacket, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, I was I could not tell you how old I was. I was probably I uh, I want to say fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, and my sister did my makeup effects work for me, and it was my first experience with like getting doused in fake blood and. Uh, spirit gum and uh, foam latex appliances. 
so this it, this was a very influential movie for me in a lot of ways. Nice. And uh, and even more interesting is as much as I love it, I still picked up on different things that I'm not sure I ever noticed today. Oh, very nice. Now oh, that's that that thing where you watch a movie critically and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maurice, we'll we'll toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this film? I, I like this uh, movie. It's uh, it's a little bit better than The Howling. <laughs> I would say a, a lot more than a little bit better. <laughs> uh, I, I was being nice. Um, uh, no, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I thought the effects were cool. I think it was Rich Baker, right? Rick Baker. Um, yeah. 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 Rick Baker. yeah, yeah he uh, did the last one. Yeah. But uh, although yeah, I do overall, have a, a fun background of that for you guys later on. But yeah, um, it's good. I like it. It doesn't take uh, two hours of the movie to transfer and transform. (laughs) And there's no cartoon sex. It's the real thing. (laughs) Yes. Unlike the last movie with him and the sweet porn that they're watching. (laughs) See you next Tuesday. Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. Wednesday. But yeah, it would have been better if it was see you next Tuesday because then it would have been cunt. Yeah. Anyway, and did you notice that the like the poster for "See You Next Wednesday" is in the 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 scene where the guy's running through the tube? Yes. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. I didn't ever notice that before. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm not sure I noticed before today. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Boris. What were you saying? We all kind of jumped in on you. Ah, it's all right. Uh, I I don't know. I don't have much to say. It's a good movie. It's I mean, I've only seen it a handful of times. Uh, I'm not big in the werewolves, so. See now, I've been I was this whole time. I'm waiting for you to to go off on the soundtrack because the soundtrack is is freaking kick ass. Yeah. Oh yeah, the soundtrack <laughs> was good. Yeah. It's so good. Like I I love how every single song has moon in the title. You know, it's always and it's all good songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, the scene with Bad Moon, Moon Rising is so oh, great. But I mean, like, and they play them to great effect. You yeah. know, like, the, the music is used, it, like, each song is used at a very appropriate moment in the film. I, I love the use of the soundtrack in this movie. But, I love the... No, this is good. I oh. love the progressive use of Blue Moon. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Susie, we'll, we'll toss it to you. What are your thoughts? So like Maurice, and I know I said it on last week's episode, werewolves are, they're not my favorite genre of horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I haven't seen this movie in forever. So I was like, I don't, I remembered enough of it to know that like, I'm going to enjoy sitting through it, but watching it, I forgot how much I like it. You have mm-hmm. Nazi werewolves. <laughs> you have a naughty nurse, which I got a lot to say about that. Got a couple naughty nurses, really. Yeah, yeah. a couple naughty nurses, but let's face it, Alex is the naughtiest of them all. <laughs> yeah. You got you got a creepy old town filled with people who just stare at you and clearly don't want any strangers there. And you got a good old hobo fire. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with a hobo fire. <laughs> and come on, a naked American man stealing a little kid's balloons at the zoo. He's the balloon thief. When does that ever happen? It doesn't happen nearly enough. And you got 
the movie climaxes uh, outside of a porn theater. <laughs> I think yes, it does. the The makeup effects are great. That transformation doesn't take six years off of my life, and it's so effective. And it's the movie is funny. Griffin Dune, I love him. Oh yeah. Um, I was yesterday days old when I connected my synapses and realized that he plays the character of Nikki Pearson on This Is Us, which is a show that being I'm going to be a stereotypical chick for a minute. I watch that every single week, and he is he is great in that show. And I totally for I totally did not connect the dots that. He was played Jack. That's I've amazing. Never seen that show. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. That's what. I, that's all I got to say for my uh, my Cliff's notes. More to come. Well, <laughs> I I will say this is my favorite werewolf movie of all time. Um, it's followed very very closely by Ginger Snaps and Dog Soldiers. Whew, um, I got I, scared. I thought you were going to say an American Werewolf in Paris. Oh fuck no! I. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if we come back to hated movies, that's going on my list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I adore this film. Much like Josh, I saw it way too young. I, I saw it so young that uh, I really didn't understand the whole suicide plot line. It was just like, ooh, werewolves. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love this flick. And I've said it before throughout the history of this show that the transformation sequence in this movie is hands down the best in any fucking werewolf movie. Like I will, I will (laughs) die on that hill. Like that is, it is just such a good transformation sequence. I, I I can't say enough great things about it. I much like you, Susie, I love the comedy. I, I love the, the effects. Everything is just, so expertly done in this film. And it's not a long movie. It doesn't waste your time. It gets in, it gets out. It tells you the story it needs to tell you. It's equal parts funny and creepy. I just, I adore this film. So while I'm not a huge werewolf fan as far as the pantheon of horror films go, there are plenty of werewolf movies that I really enjoy. And this is definitely uh, top of the pile. So, you know what I think is interesting What's that? Is as much as I love this movie, uh, I totally forget that Frank Oz is in it every time until I'm watching it <laughs> and I see yep. his name and I'm like, wait, where is he? Oh, yeah. That, he's yeah. in this. He's Mr. Collins. <laughs> and he does the voices for the Muppets. Yes. Well, Piggy. <laughs> well, yeah. Piggy, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of wish that, <laughs> that he had done the howl for the werewolf. That just would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs> like and doing the howl for the werewolf, but I I will say this about that that in particular. Again, this is where this film stands out being unique. That howl is so different from every howl in a werewolf movie. Like it's and I know it's like a mix of different animal sounds and all that. They said like an elephant and a wolf and a couple different things, and and like they fucked with the sound design a lot to make it have that unique sound. But it's chilling. Like every time I hear, even now I'm like, "Oh, that's fucking creepy sounding." Like if if I were out in a dark alley and heard that, I'd cry. <laughs> so like, interesting you brought that up because the first werewolf movie I ever saw was The Wolfman, 1941, mm-hmm. I think it was, 
Anytime I think of a werewolf movie and and the werewolf howl, I mm. always think of this movie because of that. It, it it's so unique. That's yeah, it, yeah. It absolutely is. And I mean, and that's the thing. Like every werewolf movie is going to have a howl, so it was really smart on their part to be like, let's make ours stand out from the crowd, and it really worked. So. Yeah, I can't say enough good about this film. This, I think, was my first werewolf film, to be honest with you. Um, I remember my brother and my dad really liked it, so it was on a lot in my house. <laughs> yeah, it might have been mine, too, actually. I know, I because I didn't see The Wolfman. I, God, I, I want to say it was, I saw The Wolfman well after the Ninja Turtles were out. So, <laughs> I remember, because okay. I went back and started watching a bunch of the Universal movies that I hadn't seen like, I want to say in, like, fifth or sixth grade, somewhere around there. So it was, like, 11, 12. Um, I know when I was really little, I saw Frankenstein and Dracula. I remember watching those with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I want to say some point in there I saw Creature from the Black Lagoon because he became my favorite of the Remco toys. So I, I had Creature. I played with him until he fell apart. Um, but I don't think I ever saw the Wolfman or, like, I know I didn't see... Uh, the like the Phantom of the Opera or any of the silent film stuff until I was a teenager. But yeah, I think this was my first werewolf movie. <laughs> and you know, so. just just because I don't want to interrupt your your cast flow, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna bring this up now in that I I am incredibly disappointed in myself for being today years old when I was watching the movie and suddenly during you know the pub scene. Mm-hmm. I looked at the screen and went, it's not face. Because Rick Mayall is in the pub. Oh, shit. See, I only I only wrote down a handful of cast members. I only wrote Rick, down the main players. Rick Mayall, Drop Dead Fred, is one of the chess players in the pub. And he's oh my so freaking young that he's almost <laughs> unrecognizable. Yes, he is. That's crazy. I was, I was, I was a minute years old ago. <laughs> yep. I didn't even know that. Like and he's it, dead now. Yeah, yeah. Aww. And apparently there is a there is a petition directly from Chris Columbus to uh release an ultimate cut of the Harry Potter first movie to include Rick Mail. <sighs> nice. Very cool. I have my feelings about those movies, but I will watch the shit out of that because Rick Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of the cast, we'll ju- we'll jump right in. Uh, I did only write down, like I said, the main players. Uh, so we have David Kessler, played by David Naughton, uh, he who we would know from Midnight Madness. I freaking love that movie, if you guys remember that, from the 80s. Oh, yeah. That's such a good movie. Um, he was also in Hot Dog, the movie. Not a good movie. <laughs> hmm. um, Murder, She Wrote, The Twilight Zone, Seinfeld. Then he was in stuff like Body Bags, Amityville, The New Generation, Frickin' Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard. Um, oh, Brutal Massacre, a comedy. If you guys haven't seen that, it's fantastic. Um, American Horror Story and Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. Mm. <laughs> so he's actually done a lot, but it's a lot of, like, bit roles. Like, where he's just kind of, like, a character in an episode of a TV show. Uh, then we have Jack Goodman, played by Griffin... Was it Dune or Dunn? How do you say that? Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn, Okay. Uh, Johnny Dangerously, that's where I, basically, I remember him from the 80s, so Johnny Dangerously, Who's That Girl, After Hours, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, My Girl, and House of Lies, and you said, what, This Is Us, he's in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't write that one down. Um, Then we have Nurse Alex Price, played by Jenny Agutter, 
Uh, she was in Logan's Run, Magnum P.I., Murder, She Wrote, The Twilight Zone, Darkman, Child's Play 2, and recently The Avengers and Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier. Then we have Dr. Hirsch, played by John Woodvine. He was in Doctor Who, Edge of Darkness, and Oliver's Travels, along with a ton of like BBC dramas and television shows. And good on him. He was born in 1929 and is still wow. kicking. Wow. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> damn, good on him. But as we mentioned, also including Frank Oz. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I didn't really put him in because he has, like, literally a walk-on role. But, you know, it's it's Frank Oz. You got to mention him. It's like Dick Miller. If Dick Miller shows up, we got to mention him. Tricky Dick. Uh, old Tricky Dick. But uh, for anyone listening to this and have not seen this film, uh, the basic plot is two American college students are backpacking across Europe and are attacked in Britain by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. <laughs> so everyone's trying to be hush-hush about the, their werewolf problem. So we open with shots of the British countryside while the credits roll and Blue Moon plays. We pan in on a truck with like a sheep pen in the back, pulls off to the side of the road, and the truck driver gets out and opens the pen, and we meet David and Jack sitting amongst the sheep. I love how they both just have these big shit-eating grins on their face like, hey, we're, we're riding with the sheep. Like, it just, it cracked me up every time. Well, I forget which one, but one of them makes a comment that you have lovely sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says, you're something like you're good looking girls. Like, what were they doing back there? Because then Jack's like sheep shit on my backpack. Right. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get the sheep shit on your backpack, Jack? Right. Well, it, it, <laughs> it was it was Jack that that had those lines. And I'm I, I always took it as him being like overly friendly because he hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably more accurate, but it definitely had creeper vibes. Yep. But, oh, Jack, you sheep fucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the driver tells him this is where they part ways. And, you know, East Proctor is up the road and he, he kind of points him in that direction. And he tells them to stick to the roads and stay off the moors. So the two walk along the road and discuss about a woman who, who Jack really wants to fuck. And has wanted to <laughs> since the eighth grade. <laughs> That'll come back a little later. That's kind of creepy, too. There is nothing. Listen, there is nothing about her body that you would come back to later. <laughs> <laughs> but the conversation but turns like kind of rapey. Yeah it, yeah, it definitely does. And this is one of those examples of like 70s and 80s sex conversations in movies where you look at him now and you're like, Jesus Christ, like, that's yeah. horrific. And, I mean, we've discussed this on a few other podcasts, but, like, Revenge of the Nerds, for example. <laughs> if you watch that movie now, the, the nerds are monsters. Yep. <laughs> like, you could make an entire horror film out of it where the nerds are the bad guys. Oh, uh, Nerd House LLC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Coming next Halloween. <laughs> oh god i can just picture the the lambda 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 thing like showing up on a screen like dun 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so now i got the song freaking with <laughs> the lambda 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 and omega moves <laughs> 
Jesus. <laughs> See, I'm just picturing it all like recut as like a horror movie, just like, and don't ever go into the fun house. And then you hear that <laughs> laugh of, <laughs> as you see like his shadow in the hallway. Oh my God. <laughs> that needs to be made. Revenge of the nurse. You didn't really have to change anything about it. Just recut the movie. Right. Oh my God. Or you could even just do a trailer like Mary Poppins. Yes. yes. <laughs> or, or like the, the shining made family version, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love those recut trailers. <sighs> now I have but... a question about their journey into the town. Okay. I don't understand the knock knock joke. Because yeah. they never freaking finish it. Yeah, okay. they, they never. It, it's just, it's one of those things where, like we discuss in all these movies. It's I like cheese dialogue. Okay. It's, we need <laughs> to make them talk, so have them say random things. But okay. so they make their way into town and eventually come to the Slaughtered Lamb Pub. Jack is clearly not having a good, as good of a time as David is on this trip and doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to go into the pub. He's like, what? I love it because the sign is like a, a wolf head impaled on a pike. Yep. He's like, what the hell kind of sign is that for a pub? Like, he, he wants no part of this. The slaughtered lamb? Where's the lamb? <laughs> right. <laughs> so as soon as they walk into the pub, everyone stops and stares at him. This scene as a kid, like I didn't quite understand everything in the movie, but that scene as a kid really freaked me out. Like the idea of walking into a room and everyone stopping and staring at you still to this day creeps me out. And I think this is where that fear began. <laughs> Cause it's just like, no, I don't like it. Everyone's watching, <laughs> but eventually the patrons go back about their business. And, uh, you know, Jack notices on the wall, there's a pentacle. And um, bordered by burning candles. He tells David that that's used in witchcraft. So he goes on to say that Lon Chaney Jr. and Universal Studios maintain that it's the mark of the wolfman. Jack tells David to ask the group if they're burning candles to ward off evil spirits. And, you know, they kind of like laugh about it, like they're not going to do that. And then uh, one of the patrons, as they're kind of going about their business, starts telling a joke about, uh, remember the Alamo. I don't remember the actual joke. I didn't write it down. Well, Something he brought about... it up. He brought it up because they at, they went in there to get food and mm -hmm. drink, and they didn't have food. Right. And, and she ended up making them tea. And he goes, "I think Jack goes remember the Alamo when she brings it, it to them." Because yeah. at one point, uh, David makes the excuse for the star of like maybe one of them is from Texas. Oh, yes. that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was that that whole joke. I want to say it was something like, wasn't it like the United Nations were on a plane? Yep. And they were running out of gas, and they had to lighten their load, so they threw out the luggage, and they threw out the seats, and they still was too heavy. So um, I forgot. So, somebody jumped out first. And yelled something, and then a British guy jumped out and yelled, God save the Queen. Yeah, and then a and Texan yelled, a Texan remember the Alamo, and threw, and a threw out a Mexican <laughs> <laughs> and the entire pub breaks out in uproarious laughter until Jack goes, what's the star on the wall for? <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone stops and stares at him once again. You've got to go. Well, I love it because one of the dart players uh, misses and he goes, you've made me miss and I've never missed that board before. <laughs> He's like super pissed. So Jack apologizes and David suggests that they leave. The bartender is the only one of the group that says you can't let them go. 
The rest of the bar is like, get the hell out, stay clear of the moors. And one guy tells them, beware the moon. So Jack and David take off. Back at the and at the pub. Oh, God. They tell them. And again, they say, stay on the road. Yeah. Stay on the road. Be, uh, stay, or stay off the moors. Stay on the road and beware the moon. And uh, the bartender is arguing basically with everybody saying, you can't let them go out there. And the one guy's like, that's in God's hands now. <laughs> like, fuck them. <laughs> but and it's then murder. Well, murder it is then. Right. <laughs> and then cue a giant rainstorm. Yep. And, and we see uh, we see a full moon. Like we pan up, we, we show the shot of the full moon and then we pan down to David and Jack walking off the road and onto the moors in the rain. And they start joking about the uh, the pentacle and how it was there to ward off evil spirits and uh, how the whole bar was just too embarrassed to admit it. And they're like, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, so they're basically making fun of what was actually happening. And um, we back at the bartender, they the bartender suggests that maybe they'll be safe in the rain. And then we hear the howl. And that's the, the first that. That makes total sense. Right. Dogs like, hate maybe, the rain. <laughs> yeah, maybe this giant wolf will stay out of the rain. Maybe it doesn't like to get wet. <laughs> then it gets all mangy. <laughs> right. His hair gets all metted. But uh, the bartender begs the men to go out and help him, and they pretend not to hear the not to hear the howl. They're like, I don't hear nothing. <laughs> so, no, me not. neither. So we cut back to Jack and David wandering through the wood or wandering through the moors and wondering what the fuck that howl is. Uh, then they remember the whole beware the moon. They realize it's a full moon and the warning of stick to the roads. And they realize they're not on the road. They hear more howls and that's when they start to get a little nervous. So they try to make their way back to the pub. I also, realize they're lost. I also never noticed before that like as they're leaving the pub and Jack is just like, let's get away from here, David. And David comes back with, that's a weird group. Really good at darts, though. (laughs) (laughs) And and Jack just agrees. He's just like, yeah, they were. (laughs) It's more of that random I like cheese dialogue. Yep. (laughs) So they but they realize that they're lost and they start like running back in the direction that they came. And the howls now seem to be getting closer and kind of circling them like they hear it in front of them and then off to the side so they kind of start you know freaking out understandably and this scene used to really scare me as a kid so they start running back the other way david slips and the two laugh jack goes oh god and this is a very interesting side note uh when they pause Mm -hmm. and he says it's circling us yeah if you watch david is starting to circle around jack because no it's shit, foresh- pay attention to because that. it's foreshadowing that he's next wolf. Oh, that's cool. I didn't notice that. <laughs> it's well, very shit. subtle, but Jack or but uh Jack is standing still and David's starting to circle around him as he says that. Hmm. Oh wow. That's cool. <laughs> but uh so yeah, so uh David slips and you know they kind of laugh the the two of them are laughing about it. <laughs> David goes to help him up or Jack goes to help David up and suddenly is attacked by a giant wolf Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) That's not easy being green. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I love David's reaction here. He's such a dick. He just gets up and runs as his friend is being eaten alive by a Muppet. 
<laughs> and literally yelling, it's killing me. Right. And David's just hauling <laughs> ass away. And then he stops midway through his run and goes, Jack, and runs back for Jack, only to find him a shredded, bloody mess. And then suddenly the wolf Muppet jumps on David, knocking him to the ground and clawing him. And then finally we see the men from the pub show up and shoot the wolf, which falls off of David. He kind of looks to the side and he sees like a naked old man bleeding from a gunshot wound in his chest. Now he looks up, sees all the men from the pub looking down at him. He passes out. So now we cut to David at a hospital where we meet nurse Alex Price. He calls out for Jack and then falls back asleep. <laughs> we get the <laughs> Jewish joke where the other, the, the first of the naughty nurses comes in and talks about how uh, she, would she say? Uh, she knows he's Jewish. She's had a look. Yep. <laughs> and then we meet Dr. Hirsch. <laughs> but side note, that's a thing. I, I have enough nurse friends that I've heard this before. I'm like, that makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> so I'm blowing all your cover on the show. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, Nurse Price explains to Dr. Hirsch that he called out for Jack and the doctor explains uh, that Jack Goodman has uh, Jack Goodman's dead. Um, and, and she asks what happened to them. And he tells her that according to the police, they were attacked by a, an escaped lunatic. And it's pretty clear that Price is smitten with David here. And it's like, wow, that doesn't really take much for you, huh? You're like, oh, he's he's been attacked and he's American. That's that's it. <laughs> like, you haven't even talked to the guy and you're swooning for him. <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. Apparently. Yep. <laughs> But we see Dr. Hirsch looking into David's eyes with a, a, like a pen light. And then we cut to a, B, a POV shot of someone running through the woods. Suddenly, David wakes up sometime later to see Hirsch and Frank Oz in the room with him. <laughs> oh, Mr. Collins is a real fucking asshole. <laughs> but it's Frank Oz. You got to love him. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Kessler. Mr. Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> They explain to him that he's in London and that Jack is dead. Collins introduces himself and says that he's from the American embassy and both David and Jack's parents have been informed of the situation and everything is in order. And he's all smiling. I'm like, Oh, well, as long as everything's in order, I guess we can forget about that werewolf attack. Huh? Like Jesus, dude. <laughs> what werewolf attack? Exactly. So David freaks out, understandably. So, the doc and nurse price sedate him while Collins yells at him to calm down. And then this is Kessler, Mr. Kessler. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Kids these days, they don't appreciate anything. Right. <laughs> he gets all buttered that he was upset. Oh my God. The police so have asked for permission to question you. And I told them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, but we also find out here that David has been at the hospital for three weeks. So basically it's, it's a way to quickly speed up time so we can get to the next full moon. Yep. And uh, so we see the two detectives come in uh, with Abula, come in to talk with Dr. Hirsch and ask if David has seen any, or God, if David has anything to say about the attack, why could I not say that line? Um, and this, there's like Two detectives. The one detective is very serious. The other one's kind of bumbling. There's a whole scene where he like knocks over a stack of bedpans 
And the movie just kind of pauses to wait as he puts them back together. But can't quite figure it out how to put them all back together. But the movie's not a comedy. Right, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think Landis could get away from at least some slapstick. Yeah. But uh, so we cut to the detectives now talking to David. He keeps insisting that it wasn't a man that attacked him, but rather a large wolf. Uh, one of the detectives begins to believe believe David, the, the bumbling detective. He's like, well, that kind of makes sense. Two young men should have been able to fight off one, you know, one man. And uh, the, the other detective points out that there's a body in the morgue of the attacker who was shot by local authorities in the act of attacking them. Also, several eyewitnesses and then laughs at the idea of all of East Proctor conspiring to cover up what really happened. So as far as he's concerned, the matter is closed. They got the guy who attacked him. He's dead. Move on. So David insists to the doctor that something is wrong here, that there's no way that that was a man that attacked them. The doctor tells him to rest, and in time, he's sure his memory will come back. David tells him that his memory is fine, but he's beginning to worry about his sanity. Now we cut to naked David running through the woods. Yep. (laughs) We see Naughton's Naughty just flopping about. Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) And he... He runs up and tackles a deer, rips its leg off, and begins eating it. I mean, why not? Sure. Mmm, tasty. (laughs) You know, venison's good eats. (laughs) Really fresh, too. That's that's how I run through the woods. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, is there any other way to run through the woods? I mean... Definitely not. We've seen this in plenty of horror movies. I mean, look at the Vavitch. Naked woods, that's how you go. And I mean, countless Friday the 13th movies. Um, (laughs) But we cut to Nurse Price going about her job, passing out pills to patients. She goes into the kids ward and there's this little kid was a name Benjamin, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah. His only line is no. He just keeps saying no. (laughs) But did you notice the other little kid who steals one of Benjamin's comics and slaps Alex (laughs) on the ass? Yes. I was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) And she totally just lets it go. Right. Just random kids like, ha ha, smack. And runs <laughs> off. So she gets to David and finds out that he hasn't eaten yet. Um, so he can't take his meds. He insists that he's not hungry and doesn't want to eat. So she has to force feed him sexily. Yep. <laughs> she cuts it up. And he goes, uh-uh. Mr. Kessler, you can call. If I can call you Alex, you can call me David. And then she plugs his fucking nose. Like, why didn't she try? Here comes the here comes the airplane. <laughs> I, this I, I, this whole idea of their romance is so bizarre to me. I mean, like, I get it. They wanted to have a love interest. There was this whole subplot that doesn't make sense, but we'll get into that. But it just it seems so weird. Like, hey, I barely know you. Here, let me get all all uh, you know horny with you and bring you back to my apartment. See, it wasn't it wasn't really until today. This is another one of those today things that I was watching it and had that sudden realization of like, wait, he's been in there for three weeks. If she's been his primary nurse and he's in the process of like transforming into this new creature, then maybe it's pheromones. Oh, you know, that's. Wow, yeah, okay, I never thought of that. I don't even think the filmmakers thought of that. 
but it <laughs> like it makes a lot of sense because of just how into like both of the girls are point are basically oogling him in the room. That's, That's true. true. And so it. Got- oh, good. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So it was that moment of like, wait a second. He's been there for three weeks. Yeah, they, it could just be that all the girls in the hospital are exposed to new pheromones of a wolf man. And that kind of does make sense, because later on, after he changes, he talks about how, you know, he feels he feels like a different man. He's talking about, like, how he feels stronger, more athletic. So and he, and like, they are to go back for a quickie. Street. Yeah, like he and he's yeah, he's very uh, insatiable, we'll just say. Um, yeah, that that would make sense. I never considered that. He is sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> I am sex machine. <laughs> you want to touch my penis? <laughs> okay, what is that from? Now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, isn't it? F- I, it's like from some like late 90s, early 2000s, like college movie. You know how those were popular. Yeah, I, it's gonna bug me now. I can't remember. But it was like uh, a male. It was a male exchange student. Yeah, and he was like, "I am sex machine." Yeah. Oh was it can't God. hardly wait? Maybe I don't know. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to figure it out. I'm gonna consult the bones. Continue. Don't Google. No, don't just Google sex machine. You're gonna get some weird <laughs> shit. No. <laughs> it's not from a not another teen movie, is it? Um, I don't know. I, I really am drawing, but I couldn't remember the phrase, but yeah, I'm drawing a blank on where that's from. But it's uh, can't hardly wait. It is. Can't. Okay. Hey. Yeah, I, I Googled. I am sex machine movie quote. Exchange <laughs> student. Would you like to touch my penis? I am a sex machine. Sex machine. <laughs> Who would have thought American <laughs> werewolf in London would unlock that memory? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh, fun times. So we we cut to yet another dream sequence where we see David running through the woods, this time fully clothed, until he sees himself laying in a hospital bed where Alex is standing next to him. We get a close-up on David's face as he, like, opens his eyes and he's a monster. As a kid, that scene scared the shit out of me more than the werewolf stuff. (laughs) I don't know why that face, the, the hiss and, like, the teeth and yellow eyes and blue skin scared the shit out of me. <laughs> See, it always confused me as a kid. It's reminiscent of the beginning of the Twilight Zone. Yes. When Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> you want to see something real scary? There's also hints of Barlow in there, and Barlow terrified me yeah. as a kid. Like, I the blue skin and yellow eyes, and I hated every minute of it. So every time this scene would pop on the screen as a kid, I would close my eyes and be like, no. <laughs> like, it used to really freak me out. But we we cut to David talking to the doctor about his dreams. And Hirsch asks him if uh, if he got a good look at the man who attacked him. And once again, David insists it wasn't a man. It was a wolf or a rabid dog. Like, why so that, does nobody believe him? And, I mean, I kind of get it because if the police are saying, like, hey, this is what happened. We, you know, we saw, like, local authorities shot the guy who was attacking them, like, in the process of attacking them. And we have a body in the morgue to prove it. I could understand them thinking, like, you suffered a traumatic experience. Your memory is is not quite right. And I say they're all just dirty liars. Absolutely. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But yeah, David keeps insisting and we have this back and forth where we find out that the doc never saw Jack's body and David's wounds were actually dressed before he arrived to the hospital. And David, you know, insists that maybe it's a cover up. Now, you can tell that the doc is kind of questioning it here. He's like, wait a second. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But I love his comment. He tells him, you'll be leaving us in three or four days. So please try to stay sane until then. (laughs) So you're at least no longer our responsibility. That's one of the best lines of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, there, there, stay sane until until you're gone. Then you can be crazy all you like. Oh, man. So David tells the doc he doesn't want to be alone. So they have Alex come and sit with him. Now, there's a bit of flirtation, of course, and she reads to him until he falls asleep. Now we cut to the Muppets. <laughs> and David's house back yep, in the we, U.S. We pan out to see his his entire family and David sitting at the uh, like dining room table studying. And uh, this 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 scene, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But again, freaked me the fuck out as a kid. It's the the infamous mutant wolf Nazi dream sequence. Nazi werewolves. There's a a knock at the door. Dad goes to answer it and just gets gunned down by machine gun fire. Kind of like in the beginning of Martyrs. Right. And these fucking werewolves just run in like making Gamorrean guards squeals. And like it just (laughs) it's the weirdest (laughs) shit. But my favorite part. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) Gotta take a drink. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite part is the way mom just goes flying off camera when she gets shot yeah like, you can tell the guys that were supposed to pull the the rope to get her to move off screen just yanked her ass because her feet left like she was just she like, did what? an ellen bernston <laughs> oh that's this it's such a great sequence but there's a bit of trivia here where apparently the werewolf that was holding a knife to David's throat, apparently that was a real knife, and the guy in the costume couldn't see shit. Oh. So David, yeah, David Knott was like, I was a little terrified that he was going to get a little too anxious with that knife. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that would scare the shit out of me. But again, 80s filmmaking, man, there weren't many safety measures. It was like the wild, wild west back then. It really was. See, I would have been more afraid of the the upcoming being naked in a cage with wolves. Yes, that also <laughs> terrifying sequence. But yeah, so like here, the, the wolves tear apart the house. They kill his family. They slit his throat. David jumps up in bed, freaking out. We see Alex sitting next to him. You know, he tells her he just had another nightmare. She gets up and says, oh, I have just the thing for you and goes to throw back the curtains to let in the sunlight. And a Nazi wolf attacks her and stabs her to death. And then David wakes up again and goes, holy shit. And, you know, of course, we have to have the infamous double dream trope. I hate that in movies, but it worked here. Inception. Yeah. I, you know, the th- funny thing, though, is I think when this came out, that was still relatively new. Like, it wasn't something that we saw a lot in horror yet where it's like, oh, they're dreaming. Ha ha. They're dreaming again. But <laughs> throughout the rest of the 80s, we saw this again and again and again. And it got old quick. Yeah. But uh, in the morning, <laughs> David gets his breakfast dropped off and looks completely uninterested. Oh, he God. Looks and... <laughs> oh, good. No, the, the breakfast is fucking disgusting. All right. 
I bring, he had a very, I'm not quite sure what accent he was supposed to have. (laughs) It was just, it really was just a made up accent. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I could, yes. All of the accents together is one, much like the howl was comprised of various (laughs) animal sounds, but he's basically like, I, I bring you nice hot breakfast. You have porridge, you have eggs, you have toast, you have bacon. That bacon looks like it just came off of the pig. It didn't even look good. <laughs> it may not have been. <laughs> Ugh. Could have been a proper that, English breakfast. I, I, well, that's the, uh, it's so funny that you say that, because I love that at the very end, like, he suddenly almost turns British, where he's just like, there's good stuff there, you eat up. Yes. <laughs> God save the queen. <laughs> pip pip cheerio and then he runs out <laughs> and, and, then, and then and then for a split second he goes right back and he's like there's good stuff they eat that up and that'll be back for the dishes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, I i stand by my statement of it was all of the accents <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's just, right, maybe he's partner. a patient at the hospital that's just like putting in some work <laughs> He's paying off his medical bills. <laughs> All right, partner, I brought you a nice breakfast. I hope this will get me another schizophrenic treatment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just now I'm hearing all the accents in my head. I can't <laughs> but they're all happening at once. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Which is man. even funnier because earlier in the movie, when like when uh, when she that uh, yeah, when what's her name? Alex. Uh, Alex. Thank you. Uh, I kept wanting to say Alice. I'm like, it's not Alice. <laughs> uh, when when Alex runs into the orderly earlier and she asks him about David's state, he has a completely different accent in that scene than he does when he shows up with breakfast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think this guy was just fucking around on set. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's Landis being like, hey, this is funny. <laughs> I mean, you know, the dude definitely had a great sense of humor. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I love this whole sequence though, because David, you know, he's looking at his breakfast and then he looks up and standing in his room in front of him is dead Jack, all shredded and bloody. And he just goes, can I have a piece of toast? <laughs> that is the best fucking reveal ever. It's so good. And just a, a testament to the special effects. They, they even talk about this in the uh, in the commentary. Like, look at how well lit that scene is. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're in a brightly lit hospital room and they don't shy away from Jack's makeup effects. Like they they linger on them. Like those effects are really masterfully done. It's just yeah. oh, I, I love the look of him. So I love it because David thinks he's losing his mind, you know, as you would. And Jack tells him that they were attacked by a werewolf. And now he's cursed to walk limbo or walk in limbo until the wolf's curse is broken. The werewolf's bloodline must be severed. So the last remaining werewolf must be killed. And he's like, kill yourself, David. <laughs> like He's telling his friend, you got to kill yourself. Because Take he one tells- for the team. Right. And uh, I love it because. David just jumps up to the, the nurse call box. He's like, nurse! And Jack's like, oh, come on, David. Would you stop it? Just kill yourself. <laughs> He's so nonchalant about it. 
Apparently, apparently, Griven Dunn said the the direction he was given for Jack is a corpse mm-hmm. was to be nothing but endlessly cheerful. That's <laughs> you know That's what? Great. It's perfect because I, I I love I've always loved his character in this because of how different it is from what you would imagine. Yeah, he, he just seems like kind of like he's bored. <laughs> You know, like, he doesn't seem like, you know, I'm upset that I'm dead and I'm in limbo. It's just like, eh, kill yourself, David. Come on. What, what are you waiting I, around? I also absolutely adore the, David, yeah. lonely. Do you have any idea what it's like to talk to a corpse? It's boring. <laughs> kill yourself, David. Exactly. And before he disappears, he tells him, beware the moon. So Alex comes in and finds David crying. She asks him what's wrong and he kisses her. And I'm like, oh, well, that took a turn. <laughs> he then explains <laughs> how Jack was there and <laughs> told him he's aware he's going to be a werewolf. And she's like, oh, yeah, that gets me hot. Come live with me. She's like, you right? jack where? Because you <laughs> can come, see, come to my place. You can jack there. <laughs> you can totally see like the gears turning in her head. Like this is not her first rodeo. No, <laughs> although she claims it is later. Oh, well, I got things to say about that. And there's also an epilogue. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll it's get an, there. It's an after-after credit scene that was only on the copy I watched. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, realistically, he basically tells her that he thinks he's a werewolf, that he thinks he's crazy. And she's like, do you have anywhere to stay? And he's like, no. And then we cut to them going to her house. (laughs) She's like, there's a market around the corner. We can stop and get some food. And then they're in, they're like riding the subway. Yep. And there's all these punk rockers and he's making faces (laughs) behind them. It's. I love his reaction when they all turn and look at him. He just gets that big shit eating grin on his face. Like, hey, how's it going? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So they arrive at her place. She shows him around, leading to the bedroom where David comments on how there's only one bed. And she basically tells him she's got the hots for him. She's like, I've only slept with seven people. <laughs> I've had seven lovers, two of and which four. were one night two of which were one night two. stands. I thought I she thought said she two were one night stands. How many white uh, two or four? I, I think she's full of shit. I think she's taking patients home on the regular. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but she basically is like, I've had seven lovers and I would very much like to fuck you, silly. But she pauses and she's like, I honestly, I don't know what I want to say. Would you like, like to watch the telly while I take a shower? Cut to <laughs> bow, chicka, bow, bow. While Moondance plays. Yep. <laughs> so they, they get down in the shower, then they get down in bed, and then David goes down. <laughs> really, all they do in the shower is like, rub noses on each other's <laughs> shoulders and she like she like looks like she's about to try to like bite like nibble on his shoulder but then like kind of closes her lips over her teeth so it's more like mum, 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 mum. <laughs> she grannies him yep <laughs> she's like there's and the no whole that where this came from <laughs> and the whole time it's just that it's a fabulous night for a moon dance come and blow your nose on my skin <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So later that night, after the hibbity dibbity, 
Uh, David gets up to go to the bathroom and once again sees Jack. Now this time more decayed and bloated. He's kind of green colored. And Jack tells him once again about being a werewolf and that he has to kill himself. Otherwise he's going to turn and he's going to hurt people. And uh, <laughs> I love it because he's sitting butt ass naked on her couch. Covers his junk, junk with a with a, Like a macrame <laughs> pillow, a crocheted <laughs> pillow. And then yells, I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf. <laughs> oh, Alex wakes up and comes out to the living room to ask David what's going on. He tells her that he's going nuts, that he saw Jack again, and he told him that tomorrow he'll become a monster. So she gets, she's like, oh, come back to bed. Like, are you not freaked out that this dude is seeing dead people and talking about being a werewolf? Like, while sitting naked on your couch? <laughs> no, she knows what monster she wants to tame. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because she even tells him later that she's torn between what was it feeling incredibly sorry for him and being awfully tra- attracted to him or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so that's weird. Her per her post coital outfit is an NYU shirt, which the next day David is wearing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is it because it has her scent on it? Maybe, or maybe she took it out of his his clothes. Maybe it was his shirt. Maybe. Yeah, because her closet was in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Why would she have an NYU shirt? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, it's his. And and here's a bit of weird random trivia for you. Uh that I, I only know because I lived there. Uh when he when he calls home later, yep. Mm-hmm. The area code is Long Island. Yep. Yes. So yeah, he probably yeah, went that to makes NYU. Sense. That's probably his shirt. It's it's one of those weird examples of a of a film actually using like a real telephone number. And, and that, I appreciate that it gives that little hint of like, okay, so yeah, they're they're New Yorkers. Right. But that's that's something you just don't really see often anymore is people actually giving uh, like uh, like a film using a real phone number in it. Oh yeah, because people are stupid and they'll call. Them. Yeah, call them. Yeah. Right. seven five three oh nine. But see that's the thing. I almost feel like <laughs> Filmmakers should totally just sign up like a fake number and be like, you saw this in a movie, you asshole. Just have like a recorded <laughs> play. <laughs> you know, just something like that. But anywho, so she gets him back in bed and we have the the Wolfman conversation here where David asks her if, he, if she's ever seen the Wolfman. She tells him no and he explains how Bella Lugosi bites Lon Chaney Jr., turning him into a werewolf and Claude Rains, who plays Lon Chaney's dad, has to end up killing him. And Alec laugh, Alex laughs and says, so. And he goes, well, I think only a, were- a werewolf can only be killed by someone they love. And it's like, okay, or by someone who loves them. And I'm like, this plot thread was completely dropped. Because they bring this up a couple of times. And it's like, that's not what happens. <laughs> so I don't understand the point of this. I but, think it's just him trying to be like, let's 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 fuck some more right come on there's there's love it's in my penis oh my this god also- so would she have is this like in the fly oh where god she's gonna have like a, a, a she's gonna have a litter <laughs> right <laughs> oh lord that would have been a better sequel than American Werewolf in Paris. Just saying. God, a- anything would have, but. Uh, <laughs> God, I hate that movie. But anywho, 
we cut to Dr. Hirsch driving out to the slaughtered lamb to talk to the locals about the attack. Um, even going so far as to bring up David's story about a werewolf. They all feign ignorance and act like he's crazy asking about monsters. So he's like, all right, whatever. Goes to leave and notices one of the locals standing out in the rain staring at him. So he goes over to talk to him and the guy warns Hirsch about David, telling him that he's in danger, that it's almost full moon and he'll change. Then another one of the locals yells, that's enough! Stopping the conversation and forcing the guy to run away in the rain. So it's it's pouring rain. When Dr. Hirsch gets out of his car, yeah. he puts, he like drapes his coat over his shoulders and carries his umbrella into the pub closed. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? Eh, he's British. He's used to the rain. He's like, whatever. But he's not concerned about his hair frizzing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, the scene where the, the dude who warns him like scurries off into the shadows in the rain reminded me so much of the origin story of the chicken lady where we get, <laughs> <laughs> we get the POV shot of like all of the farmers looking down and <laughs> the one looks at the other farmer and goes, what did you do? So the farmer just runs <laughs> off into the night screaming. <laughs> That's exactly what it made me think of, and I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, chicken ladle of life! <laughs> From out of my body and onto your plate! Oh. oh, God, I love that skit. But anyway. I, I mean, this oddly enough, this movie does have a, a weird amount in common with Chicken Lady, because like the whole movie, <laughs> Alex is just like, gotta have sex. Oh, God, I, have sex. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> There's the birth of an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. porn. There's porn. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this yeah. movie has a lot in common with chicken ladies. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. The kids in the hall were inspired by American Werewolf in London. <laughs> oh, see, now now I want to see an American chicken lady in, in London. <laughs> Again. Oh my God. Still a better sequel than American Werewolf in Paris. Hey, what was in the hat? Kick up the hat! <laughs> oh, what about been... a crossover event? An American <laughs> werewolf in London meets the chicken lady. <laughs> what the like, hell would that breed? A whole lot of fucking, because they're both horny as hell. <laughs> oh, look at that wolf. I wonder if he's circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. Oh. <laughs> Good times. Ooh, so we're oh yeah, because the dude runs off. <laughs> Trying to remember where we were, and um, we cut back to David and Alex. She's heading off to work and tells him to call if he gets too anxious. So now we get this this little montage of like as she walks away, there's this little dog barking at David. <laughs> there's these two giggling snot nosed monsters. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, those kids were fugly. They were just yeah not okay, and they were like, <laughs> I was like, oh god, kill it, kill it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> we also, Alex said to give her a call at the hospital and that she left that medication yes, for him left too. Yes, medication. And um, he, now this, this drives me crazy. Like, she didn't give him a key because, like, he's locked out. Yes. So here's my problem with this. So the door is shut. She wasn't that far away. 
He right. could have been like, Alex, like I, yeah, she was not that far away. So no, he breaks in by opening the front window on a busy street. Nobody thought that was odd. Yep. No, no locks on the window and no screens. Oh, fucking no screens. <laughs> Every time I see it now, I mark it down. Movie's got a movie. Yep. And we have the, the cat hissing moment. There's the cat sitting yes. on the ledge that hisses at him. Which apparently they got to hiss like that by shoving another cat in his face. Oh, that's not nice. I was like, that's fucked up. But now we get the the montage scene of David being bored and pacing around the apartment while Bad Moon Rising plays. And okay, oh, so, so he paces around. What the hell kind of softcore porn is on primetime BBC? <laughs> what was it? Na- Naughty Nina. Yeah, Naughty Nina. Okay, that. <laughs> mm, I know they're a little they're a little more liberal in, in England, I guess. She's going to tell all in her expose. I've had many men. No regrets. <laughs> oh, Lord. When I cross my legs, it's a wind tunnel. That's funny as hell. So he turns no off regrets. the TV. <laughs> but she would spell it on the TV. Ragrats. Ragrats. <laughs> fucked up tattoos. <laughs> no regrets. Here's my uh. other problem with this, with this entire thing. He gets so, like, antsy... He, he goes outside, he opens the door to the building, leaves the door open. Yes. Then he comes in the apartment and leaves the door open. So the montage of the, the bad moon rising is done. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's sitting there with her apartment door still ajar. So neighbors that walk in, like they can clearly see him. Oh, the yeah. door is open that much. He just, he's reading a book and all of a sudden he's like, what the fuck is going up burning up? Well, right before that, we 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 cut to Alex uh, at work, and we get the the second sequence with Benjamin, where he's like oh, yeah. saying no repeatedly. I just got to comment on this because she very calmly looks him in the face and says, "Benjamin, have you ever been severely beaten about the face and neck?" I fucking <laughs> lost it. I know. <laughs> I was like, that is the best line. It's so good. <laughs> so we pan up to the window, and that's when we see the full moon. We cut to David reading. Blue Moon begins to play as he screams, what the fuck? And um, drops Rips the his clothes off like the Hulk. Yep. What's and- going on, brother? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're treated to the absolute best werewolf transformation in all of cinema. Werewolf doesn't have a dong, though. Well, they don't really show because his, his legs are positioned in ways that you wouldn't be able to see. But we do get a long shot. You would see something yeah, there. There's there's well, the one spread eagle shot. But yeah. it's from it's from the side where his leg is kind of up. So I don't know if you'd see much. I'm just plus, saying it, it'd probably be pretty big. Well, plus yeah. he was very furry. <laughs> so, well, remember, he's also a dog. So it kind of goes inside of him. <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad they didn't show that transformation. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Wolf Cop, where we see the wolf dick. Oh, that's such a good movie. It's now, so it's so ridiculous. His now, now dick explodes in that. 
here is a fun side note about this transformation that mm. that I promised I would tell earlier. I don't know if this is in your notes or not, but um, Rick Baker, uh, when John Landis originally pitched this idea to him, mm-hmm. uh, he started developing the ideas and then he started to get annoyed because it was apparently between like six and eight years later until John Landis actually had the funding. Ah, and in the meantime, Rick Baker had signed on to do the howling. Yep. And he used some of the things that he originally intend, or he was going to use some of the things that he originally intended to use for American werewolf in the howling. Mm -hmm. Uh, until a phone call with John Landis, where John Landis essentially like bitched him out. Uh, and was like, you know, you, you can't do this. Like my movie's ready now. You said you'd do that. These are pecs are for my movie. Uh, so Rick Baker assigned the howling to his protege, Rob Bottin, mm-hmm. and left with a lot of his effects for American Werewolf. And yep. that, friends, is why D. Wallace can never have sex. and and that's the thing like uh to 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 further add to that um i know i have it somewhere in in my notes here he was pissed because he the scene was so short yes i mean come on compared to the howling well right and and that's the thing it's like he was pissed that it was that it was cut down so so much but then at the screening yeah when that happened and the entire audience just started clapping he was like all right, bro. I'm cool. I'm cool. Right. And it, and I totally understand this because from an artist standpoint, I'm sure Josh, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. It's sometimes hard to do less is more. It's sometimes yeah. hard to not show all the work you put into it and be like, no, look at this, you know, but sometimes it's better to not see everything, you know, to just see it from the angles it needs to be seen from. And, um, that I, I can totally understand his frustration, but yeah, it I I think Landis had the right direction because that scene is untouchable. <laughs> like yeah, every, I agree. Every other werewolf movie has tried to live up to it and failed. And nobody hears him in the building. I know, right? He's freaking the fuck out. And the not door only was that, open. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I mean, every single shot of that change where we see like his hand extending, you know, we we see like his his back like breaking and like reforming and like his rib cage rising, like everything about it is so fucking good. Just ah, I love it. The snout, how the hair, the close up of the hair. Yeah, the hair oh. like coming out. And it's, ah, it's, it's so good. It really is the best werewolf transformation. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's one of the best, like, transformation sequences in any film, in my opinion. Like, doesn't have to just be werewolf. Like, any kind of monster effect, I just, I think it's one of the best. The Boogeyman's Closet has spoken. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But uh, we pan out to the moon, and we hear some pained howl. We hear that same pained howl from the beginning. Uh, Now we cut to a random couple getting out of a cab and going to their friend Sean's place for dinner. They decide to... That's what I thought of. I had to do it. You know I had to. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought, though. I was like, huh? <laughs> and the guy's like, let's go around the back and and creep up the stairs and give him a right old scare. Yeah, let's give him a good right scare. And this part I'd forgotten about. 
Oh man. Because yeah, it's be- been so long since I'd seen it. And I'm like, wait a minute, where the fuck, where are they going? Right. Like whose place are they for? Is Sean like their child? <laughs> Let's go scare the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love this though. Cause they, they go around back and we hear the howling or we hear the, the like crunching of like sticks and shit breaking. And the woman goes, it's like, did you hear something? And he goes, what, just now? And she's like, yes. And then a werewolf muppet attacks him and eats him. <laughs> and Sean's wife is watching from the window and goes, those hooligans are up to something again in the park. <laughs> and she's like, oi, oi, what are you doing down there? But it was much more proper, less cockney. I'm getting back to my, all right. <laughs> all right, Sean, go down there, see what's going on. Give it a look, safe. <laughs> and of course, like, he's just clinging to his wine glass the entire time, like, I hardly think that's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She's like, if you want any of me porridge later, you're going to go find out what's going on down there. Oh, for uh-huh. God's sake. And then you see, like, when he gets down there, he has the wine in his hand still. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it really is just such a polite, like, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> Kind now of like when, here. kind of like when Mike goes, "Yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now you listen here. I'll, I'll give you a right scolding. <laughs> stop, or I'll say stop again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense, even though it's ridiculous that he's like he left the doors open. But how the hell else was he going to get out of the apartment? <laughs> Right. Through the window? Well, I mean, he was able to get in through the window. So. I mean, yeah, but maybe there is a higher probability of someone seeing him, oh, you know, a giant wolf crash through the window than just, like, walking out the front door. Right. <laughs> With a top hat and a cane. Uh, just casually whistling. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Oh, uh, see, I'm, I'm totally picturing the, uh, the, the, like, Cab Calloway sneak. <laughs> like like the door opens and it's just as he slowly walks down the stairs <laughs> oh my god See, and now I'm picturing the Scooby-Doo sneak where it's like <laughs> jinkies <laughs> so we, we get this back and forth uh, sequence rut row <laughs> Where we have uh, we have Sean going out to investigate the park and back and forth between Dr. Hirsch at the hospital talking to Alex. So Hirsch explains how he went to East Proctor and believes that David is in trouble. He asks Alex for her phone number and calls her apartment. Of course, David doesn't an- answer because he's a werewolf now. Um, and not we, home. Right. We cut to <laughs> Sean searching the park and he steps on the severed severed arm of his friend Harry. And then back to Hirsch at the hospital. Uh, he explains uh, to Alex about the bizarre cover-up that seems to be happening in East Proctor and uh, tells her that he doesn't believe that David is an actual werewolf, but that the people of East Proctor seem to share some kind of mass psychosis where they all believe that he was attacked by one. So it stands to reason that David would believe this too. And if he thinks he was attacked by a werewolf, then he could believe he'll change at the full moon and he could go out and harm someone like to harm himself or others. So he believes they should call the cops before David hurts anybody. Now we cut to some hobos in a junkyard with fire. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, good old hobo fire. And uh, the one has the dog who's getting very whimpery and, you know, nervous looking. Because what's a hobo fire without a hobo dog? Exactly. And so they let the dog go and investigate, and then they hear the howl. And I forget the dog's name, but he's, what, oh, fuck, what was the dog's name? It was like Milton or Merlin or something. It was an M. I think yeah. it was Milton. And he's the one hobo's like, that's not Milton. <laughs> and then suddenly, werewolf Muppet. <laughs> Because that that specific hobo looks like he read some Milton in his life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but now we cut to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. We cut to the subway station. Oh, we, yes. we see a man get off the train on the platform completely alone where he hears a low growling coming from somewhere. He thinks, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, what? And him, he didn't seem to have a British accent at first either. He was like, excuse me, is somebody there? Right. Well, he, this is not funny. I'm going to report it. Right. He he reacts in the most British way possible. He's like, I can assure you this isn't the least bit amusing. I shall report this. And then walks away. <laughs> and in addition, I was trying to, ca- to like catch as he was like moving. First, let me back up. London. Why is it empty? Right. Why are there not? Tons of people. And Two. I mean, it's, it's not that late at night. Right. Two, almost every other ad on the wall was for Wendy's cheese, Wendy's hamburgers. <laughs> except for see you next Wednesday. Well, it was the early 80s. They all wanted to know where the beef was. So, you know. That's true. It was at see you next Wednesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I love this because he, he takes off. He starts walking through the subway like station. And we see this great POV shot of like coming up around the corner in the hallway behind him. And you hear the growl. He sees the wolf. We don't see the wolf yet. And he just runs. And now we see the POV like chasing after him. And it's this great chase sequence that, again, as a kid, terrified me. Because, again, less is more. You don't see it. It's fucking scary. Mm -hmm. So eventually he gets to an escalator, trips, and we get this fantastic bird's eye shot as the wolf slowly approaches him. And then so we see a little bit of the wolf and then we cut back to a POV shot as it climbs up the stairs right to his face and then smash cut to lions growling. <laughs> yep. like, that whole sequence is just so good. And then elephants. And then we see little baby monkeys, little <laughs> small monkeys that aren't really monkeys, but I don't know what they're called. They're like well, the monkeys from from Outbreak. Yes. <laughs> and then then we see a naked, dirty David lying in a wolf enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, face down in the straw of wolf wolf shit. And he he realizes where he is and calmly gets up and scurries out of the cage. It's now, like, nice wolfie. With the shame of someone that just had sex with a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> but now, That's couple, in the director's cut. <laughs> right. A couple <laughs> funny things about this. Now, f- first and foremost, like, uh, the wolves weren't sedated or anything. They had just been fed. So... The wolf trainers were basically telling David, as long as you don't make any like sudden movements or loud noises, you should be fine. So he was like, hopefully we can get this in one take. And he's, you know, slowly getting up. We see the wolf approaching him like I would have been pissed scared if I were that guy. I would have pissed and shit my my non-existent pants. I would have soiled myself in the wolf enclosure. But another funny part is apparently setup for that scene took so long that uh, 
when, you know, David was done filming, he asked why there was so many extras on set. And they were like, oh, those aren't extras. The zoo is actually open. So, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they had the section kind of closed off to them. But the zoo was actually operating while they filmed that, which I, I thought was hilarious. So we get now the, the great scene that, that it looks like it belongs in, in fucking Benny Hill. Where or, David or is, Monty Python. See, it reminded me so much of a Benny Hill skit, though, because he literally yep. runs be, from a tree to a bush and a bush to another. It's like that. And he's just cupping himself. <laughs> and of course, he runs into an old woman who looks down and he's like, hi there. And then runs back to the bushes. And she's just like, eh. Right. <laughs> Keeps walking. <laughs> I've seen better. Yes. And then this is when we get the balloon thief. He hides in a bush and calls a little boy over. Okay, stranger danger. Right. First of all, to a talking bush. And then he comes out. He's like, I'll give you a pound if you come over here. He's like, I don't know you. He's like, I'll give you two pounds. And he's like, all right, here I come. <laughs> he takes the balloons and runs off. And then the kid runs over to his mom and she goes, What's the matter, darling? He goes, a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> also a fantastic line. Yes. <laughs> and she seems like, I know she looks around, but like, she is oddly calm for the child to be saying that to her. Right. <laughs> and then we, we get that fantastic long shot where it's like, we see like the lion enclosure and we see uh, two like an old couple sitting on a park bench and just naked David go running by with balloons over his crotch and yoinks the woman's coat and keeps going. And they're none the wiser. <laughs> oh, it's such a fantastic shot. So now and then we, he's waiting in line <laughs> to get on well, the bus. First, we, we cut to, to Dr. Hirsch uh, grabbing a newspaper with the headline man or monster and then he opens it to an article that explains the murder victims were half eaten. So now we see that Hirsch is believing more and more about David's story. And then, yes, we cut to David in line wearing nothing but the coat. And it is clearly a woman's <laughs> coat. It has like a fur collar. Like he's like, flashy how you buttons. <laughs> Some weather we're having, eh? <laughs> and then and the he, guys are just looking at him disgusted. Right. And he arrives back at Alex's place and just walks in, explains he woke up naked in a zoo, which she finds apparently incredibly charming because, you know, she's all happy with him playing a game of grab ass with her. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Dr. Hirsch calls and asks if she's seen David and she explains that he's there, that he woke up in a zoo. Hirsch seems understandably concerned while Alex is, like I said, just happily playing grab ass. Because he bites her fucking hip and she's like, oh, you did that last night. Exactly. <laughs> And he's just like groping on her and she's like, ooh. She's like, oh, yes. Yes, doctor, we can straight away, straight away, we'll be there. So Hirsch asks her if she's seen the news at all today. He clearly worried that David might hurt her. And she's like, oh, no. And he demands that they both come to the hospital straight away. And so, I love how calm he is. He's just like, have you seen the news today? Right. No. Well, I want you to get in the car right away. <laughs> Come, Come to, to the hospital. Mm, would you like yes. me to send a car? No, a taxi would be quicker. <laughs> so now we see them going out to grab a cab. And, and this is, is where we... Oh, good. But doesn't he also say something, like, something that I didn't notice the frequency of which he said until today? Isn't that, that also a point where he's like, 
Good girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I forgot about that. Like, how would he, like, is she his dog? <laughs> the way he's consistently oh. just like, why don't you do that for me, Alex? Good girl. I had You a know girl. what? Okay. I read an article not too long ago, and it was, um, it was one of those Buzz, BuzzFeed articles where it was things that um, foreigners think Americans say that are really funny. Mm. And the good girl, good boy, when you're referring to your pet, is something yeah. that the Brits find incredibly odd, yet really funny. Because I guess over there, calling like, if you're someone superior, back then it was okay to be like, good girl. Huh. Good boy. I- one of those weird cultural things but yeah like yeah i i actually had a co-worker for years and maurice you, you know her the 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 old the little old lady who never seemed to want to retire um yeah <laughs> she used to do this thing where she would come in in the morning because i always worked the nights and she would ask me about like certain aspects of the job that i always fucking did but she would always pretend like she had to make sure i did it and she's like, oh, did you do the shift card? Like, yeah, I did. Oh, good boy. And she would pat me on the fucking head. It used to piss me off so bad. It's like, get your fucking hands off. me. <laughs> but anywho, back to the movie. We see uh, uh, Alex and David going to grab a cab. And this is where he's telling her, like, how he feels great. He feels stronger. He feels more athletic. He's like, can't we go back to your apartment for a quickie? And he's still grab- grabbing and groping on her. <laughs> they finally get a cab. Get in. He's still grabbing on her in the cab like he's going to pump her in the back seat. And the cabbie tries to make small talk about the murders, <laughs> which he... which basically is, you know, just his very polite way of being like, "What? Well, can you please not fuck in the back of my cab? <laughs> <laughs> I see you've got your dick out already. Let's make conversation. So you put it away. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher in a bikini. Margaret Thatcher in a bikini. Didn't he refer to it as, uh, he talked about uh, Sweeney Todd, right? Yes, it's like so, the demon barber Fleet Street. So this is where David finds out, you know, that six people were brutally murdered. He kind of freaks out, realizing, holy shit, I may have done that. He makes the cab pull over, gets out, and he goes to turn himself into the police. Alex chases after him, trying to convince him that, you know, that he needs to go to the hospital with her. And he tells her that Jack was right. He's a werewolf. There's a full moon again tonight, and he needs to be locked away before he can kill again. And, then, and now, now, he is an a werewolf. <laughs> he's, he's not a swearwolf. <laughs> he is an a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this, because he goes to, he finds a cop in the park, and he tries to get him to arrest him. And the cop's just like, you know, go away, get, you know, get away from me, move on. And he's so... He's like, I'm responsible for the murders. And he's like, oh, what are you having a laugh? Like, he just doesn't believe him. And then he starts, he's like, Queen Elizabeth is a man. Mm. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say what he said about Prince Charles. It's a, it's yeah, a horrible no, slur. Not, yeah. Um, but it was funny because wasn't that around the time that Prince Charles was supposed to be married? Yes, because at the very end, there was actually lycanthrope films. Yes. Would like to congratulate Prince Charles and Lady Diana Spencer on their wedding. Right. So, so it was like, he says some, some horrible stuff about Prince Charles. And then he goes, Winston Churchill was full of shit. Shakespeare's French. Fuck shit. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I oh. love that sequence. Oh, it was very disappointing because he became a swearwolf. <laughs> <laughs> he did. 
Uh, so the cop tells him to leave. He refuses to arrest him, thinking he's just pranking him. Alex tells David to come with her to see Hirsch, and uh, he tells her that Jack was right. He, he thought he was just going crazy, but Jack was right. He then tells her he loves her, and he takes off. Cut to the cops. Uh, co- cops, Alex, and Dr. Hirsch in Hirsch's office. And the detective uh, does admit that forensics said some of the murders do look like they may have been attacked by an animal. But he's still not buying what Hirsch is trying to sell. Like, it's not a werewolf. And they assure Alex and Hirsch that they will find David before nightfall and bring him in. (laughs) This is another funny part because the asshole cop walks out and closes the door. And then the other cop who's like really trying to do a good job here. He's like, yes, don't worry, we'll find him. And then he turns around and almost walks into the door. (laughs) (laughs) And has to slowly open it and look back like, did anyone notice that? And walk away. (laughs) Yep. So we cut to David calling home to speak with his parents. So this seems kind of sad. He gets his little sister, finds out she's home alone. He tells her to tell mom and dad that he loves them. And he tells his sister that he loves her and and his brother. And he tells her, he's like, don't fight with Max. Like just kind of that older brother advice type of thing. It's it's a, it's a sad moment because he's definitely saying his goodbyes. Mm -hmm. And he, he gets off the phone. He takes out a pocket knife, holds it to his wrist. Like he's going to cut it, but he can't do it. Then across the street, he sees a pretty rotten Jack standing in front of a porn theater, waving him over. Yep. <laughs> I love And from... <laughs> David, come jack off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lonely, I David. I hope David and Jack go to the movies. But from, from across the way, he almost looked like old Greg. He kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So he, he goes in and he sits down next to Jack and this the Jack puppet that they use for this scene is just so fucking cool looking because Jack is is really rotted. Now we can see like skeleton. He has no eyelids anymore. Like he uh, it's just it's such a cool sequence. But I love I love the porn dialogue because the porn movie's playing and these two people are fucking around and this big muscly dude walks in. He goes, you promised you'd never do this sort of thing again. And the guy goes, I've never promised you any such thing. And he goes, not her, you, or not you, you twit, her. And she goes, I've never seen you before in my life. And he goes, oh, sorry. And then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, yeah, I would go watch that porn. I know, right? kinda looked. He kind of looked like Burke Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. He had the stash. Yeah. <laughs> And I love it, though, because David's like, oh, great movie. And Jack's like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. So now David is forced to see all of his victims from the night before. And they all tell him to kill himself. We get this hilarious bunch of excited suggestions on how he could do it. (laughs) Like, you could get a gun. I love, yes, I love the couple that he murdered first. She's like, oh, yes, you could get a gun. (laughs) Just put it against your forehead. about it. And then the, the subway guy's like, put it in your mouth. You won't miss. And then they mentioned like hanging and, and Jack's like, hey, guys, he's my friend. I, I don't want him to hurt. If he does it wrong, it'll hurt. And one of the hobos like, hey, my friend, let him hang. <laughs> oh, man. So there's this hilarious little back and forth. And um, we cut to later that night where we see a full moon in the sky. Then we cut back to David in the porn theater changing. And I'm like, how long was he in there for? Like, how long is this movie? (laughs) And then we we get the old man creeper watching David change. There's, like, just the old guy standing next to him, staring at him. He's like, go away. And he's just, like, watching him. Because he thinks he's probably, like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) 
And he's like, oh, I'm going to watch this instead of the movie, you creep. Oh, man. So then we get uh, the wolf Muppet killing the people in the theater. (laughs) So the cops arrive on scene and find all the carnage and eventually the wolf Muppet inside eating people. (laughs) The cop runs back outside and closes the shutters right as the wolf hits the other side of them. He's like, call for assistance. Bring the big rifles. I love when they when they arrive on the scene, the woman who is working in the ticket booth, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she's losing her fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a giant rabbit dog. There's a dead fucking hole in the mattress. <laughs> it was the same energy. It really was. <laughs> oh. So... Oh, my God. So the two detectives arrive on the scene right as the wolf breaks out and it decapitates the dickhead detectives. <laughs> I love it, too, because his head just falls off. Yep. And if you watch really closely, you can see Rick Baker operating the uh, the wolf head. Yep. I was going to say, I, wonder, I Yep. I, I figured you would you would have known that about the trivia. Oh, yeah. Oh, plus, man. So- plus, like, once you know it's there, you can't unsee it. Oh, absolutely. Mm. (laughs) But I love this whole sequence because the wolf runs out into traffic, causing cars to swerve and get into several accidents. One guy goes flying out the window, which is John Landis. And then he gets run over by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The accidents are all hilarious because the the I got hit by a bus. He did indeed. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, God. meanwhile, they know that they have to kill the Wolfman. So I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Smiths, Morrissey actually got the idea for a song that's very popular by them from this movie because there is a track that isn't listed on the soundtrack and it's not in the movie. Mm. But here are some of the lines. Carnage on the streets of London. Kill the wolfman, kill the wolfman, kill the wolfman, <laughs> kill the wolfman. <laughs> I think I have a rare early bootleg copy of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This this whole sequence though. This whole sequence it's is great. Fucking great. Because you also get the, the wolf. Just he's literally like nipping at people's heels in the crowd as they run away. <laughs> he's, he's like, ah, get out of here. Rah, rah, rah. Just like gnawing <laughs> at people. Oh man. He's being a typical New Yorker. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we get the poor old guy that gets crushed by the cop car. Like, there are just so many funny accidents, like in quick succession. So Hirsch finds out about what's happening and he and Alex take off. Back to the cops chasing David. They get him cornered in a dead end alley and they wait for backup. Alex and Hirsch arrive on scene as the officers with the with the big guns, the rifles, <laughs> also arrive on the scene. Alex fights her way through the crowd and runs down the dead end into the alleyway or runs down the alleyway into the dead end. I find and it very funny that she manages to break through like five of like the SWAT equivalent (laughs) of London's police force. They're British, so they're polite. They're like, oh, well, let let, let us say a piece. (laughs) Right, we better let us hear you. She did say, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so she she get, uh, she sees the wolf backed into the corner and begs him to let her help him. She tells him that she loves him, and then the wolf goes to attack the officer. Shoot her or shoot the shoot the wolf. They run down the alleyway toward Alex, and we find dead naked David laying in the alleyway. Alex begins to cry. Cue blue moon credits the end. So this is why I said that whole like, oh, they can only be killed by someone who loves them. Doesn't make any sense because she didn't kill him. Right. Like, where was the payoff for all that? So after so there's the credits and then there's, you know, the lycanthrope pictures with like blah, blah, blah. There's like three thank yous or something. So then we get the epilogue, which is not in this version. Mm-hmm. So it's three months later. Alex is leaving the hospital after her shift with another young man. This one is from Scotland. So she, he's, you know, on holiday. He has nowhere to stay. They get back to her place and she tells him that she's had eight lovers. The last was a werewolf and shot to death in front of me after I knew him for three weeks. And we only spent one night of passion together. She asks him if he's a werewolf and he turns into the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> and asks her for three fifty. Yep. <laughs> oh, see, I just the entire time I, I I'm just picturing like the transformation like using like whale noises. So he's like <laughs> he starts to scream and it just turns into ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god. I want to see that movie. Still a better sequel. <laughs> his, his neck's extending out. He's just like. They call me the Coleman Essay. <laughs> I need to borrow about three fitting. <laughs> oh, my God. So we already mentioned a lot of the trivia, uh, but some of the, the stuff I thought was interesting is that uh, this was the first film to, to earn an Academy Award for Best Makeup. Um, apparently, the, the category was created in 1981, which makes sense considering all the effects-heavy movies that were starting to come out. Um, David Naughton, who we all know was the, the star of the I'm a Pepper, Dr. Pepper commercials, uh, he was let go because of his nude scenes in this movie. I was like, they were like, we saw you uncut Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> It was diet, though. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I love this. Uh, Financers believe that Landis' script was too frightening to be a comedy and too funny to be a horror film. It's like, I always find these amusing because we see this all throughout the 80s and 70s, in particular, where people are like, they can't grasp the concept of how intertwined horror and comedy truly is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's still a problem today where people don't quite understand that horror and comedy, they're, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. <laughs> like it's just, it's just a thing. Ham but, and burger, cereal <laughs> exactly. and milk. <laughs> but and not to say you can't have one without the other, but they, meld very well together so anytime anyone's like well it's it's too funny like but it's still a horror movie <laughs> you know it's like i don't i don't get or it's 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 scary but it's funny like yeah it's supposed to be like why is this such a hard concept to grasp but i think uh i, I don't know if it's on an upcoming episode of raised by rentals but me and josh were talking about a similar topic and you know he, he pointed out that you know 
a horror movie can be hilarious, but if you make a comedy that isn't funny, you failed. <laughs> I'm like, that's true. If you make a comedy that's just scary, somehow that doesn't work. Oh, man. But, that's so uh, true. It really is. Um, Naughton said that the hospital bed sequence in the forest was the hardest one to film, even including all the other special effects makeup scenes. Because the contact lenses were glass. I didn't know that they used glass contact lenses at this time. That's horrifying to me. Yeah. Like, here, stick this glass in your eye. Like, yeah. Jesus, that's... Ugh. But... Like, I'm, I'm assuming they were, like, the big sclera lenses. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, well, because they were the, those, like, the full yellow eyes that he had in. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, so like many movies we've covered from this era, there is literally pages of trivia out there if you want to look it up. Highly recommend checking out the commentary tracks if you have the DVD with the commentary or if you can find it online. It's it's a it's a it's a fun watch with the commentary. Um, and you'll see the epilogue. Indeed, you'll see the Loch Ness Monster epilogue. Yep. Uh, it's it's a short now called 350. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, does uh, anyone have any final thoughts on on this uh, this werewolf classic? No, it was fun. Yeah, no, I can't think of can't think of any final thoughts. <laughs> Maurice, anything? No, I'm good. Everyone's good. All right. Well, I, I will say that if you guys, even if you don't like werewolf movies, this is the movie to watch. Um, it's it's just a fun movie, even without the wolf stuff. Like it's just a really fun movie all around everybody in it. I, I think is entertaining. The script is awesome. And like I said, it gets in and gets out. It's a very per, like very concise movie. Just like David. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to mention our social media. So if you're not following us on uh, social media, check us out on both Facebook and Instagram under the boogeyman's closet. Maurice handles our Twitter. And what is that good, sir? At boogeyman's the, Thank you very much. We also have a Patreon, which is $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as one exclusive episode every month. Uh, higher tiers get you stuff in the mail, like artwork or get you uh, uh, birthday episodes, stuff like that. So check that out if you're interested. It's the Boogeyman's Closet on Patreon. We are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. Uh, check out radpantheon.com or Rad Pantheon on all the socials where you can find other podcasts similar to this one. You can find great artists, cool musicians. A lot of awesome stuff there. Rad no, Panthers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to toss it over to you, Josh, if you want to give any plugs. Uh, not at the moment. All righty. <laughs> uh, soon, soon. Okay. He, he, he. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out Red Pantheon. You'll, you'll also find mine and Josh's other podcast, Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Bash, on the Red Pantheon Network, where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about Muppets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of ties into this episode. But for all of you out there that like to uh, listen to or watch our, our next movie before you listen, our next episode is 134 Ginger Snaps, another fantastic werewolf movie. So check that out coming soon. It and is with, a really good movie. Eh? Eh? Absolutely. That, that's a, that's a I, quality I, flick. Hey. <laughs> And with that, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. All right, it's over.
Only one way to end this. Bom ba 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 Dang da da dang ding dong ding blue moon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.